Welcome to the Monday Morning Phone Call Podcast. This is your host, Paul Joslin. Every preacher knows when they are teetering on the edge of a topic that will result in receiving a phone call on Monday morning. Instead of backing away from those topics, this podcast exists to work through these polarizing ideas and spark further conversation. Our hope is to address these conversations with more nuance than we might be able to in a 30-minute sermon. We'll be dropping new episodes every mon- every other Monday, and we'd love for the podcast to be the start of the conversation. So we'd love for you to join us on Facebook, Instagram, our other social media platforms uh, to connect with us about the things we talk about here in the episodes. Today in the podcast, I'm joined again by Madison Campbell, our Connections Pastor, and we are discussing all things spiritual. If that sounds like a broad topic, it is. There's a lot of conversation in our culture about people being spiritual, but not necessarily religious. We cover that, and we also talk about what a Christian view of spirituality is, covering topics like hearing God's voice, angels and demons, and who is Satan. It's a conversation that is a little more abstract, but we hope that it will be helpful, and we hope you enjoy another episode of the Monday Morning Phone Call. All right, Madison, thanks for jumping on the Monday Morning Phone Call podcast with me again and talking today about all things spiritual. I know this is a topic that you're really passionate about, care a lot about. Um, So why do you think this is an important thing for the church to be discussing? Yeah, well, thank you for having me. I appreciate being here with you. I think for me, this is important because I said this in the last podcast I was on, we are both spiritual beings and beings Mm. with bodies. And Mm. so when we remove one from the other, I don't think we are living as full human beings or fully who God has created us to be. And so spirituality and, and spirits and all of that is a part of the world around us and things that we can see or can't see. And I think it's important that we continue to have conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I I totally agree. And I I think you kind of are bringing up a point that there, I know for you and for me and for probably most people listening, um, there's that dichotomy we feel Mm -hmm. between Mm -hmm. intellectualism and experiential spirituality. Mm -hmm. And um, it's particularly in evangelical church in some camps, there tends to be this fear around all things spiritual and and spirituality and lean pretty heavily towards intellectual belief and and towards that side. And then on the other end of the spectrum, there's whole camps that intellectualism seems to be kind of outside the realm of importance and they lean towards experiencing the spirit and Mm -hmm. gifts and, and seeing God move in those ways. And it can feel like there's this tension of, well, which is the right approach to worship and to experiencing God and to living as spiritual and physical beings? And what do we do with that dichotomy? Yeah, I know when I started college, that was one of the first things I saw was mm. these two groups beginning to form. And and that is what has started me on researching and, and asking questions about what does it mean to be a holistic human being where we have been given minds, but we Mm -hmm. have also been given the Holy Spirit. And what does this mean to, to not remove one from the other, but also to, I think, honor the Lord and and seek what he has for us in that. So, yeah, absolutely. And this is a, this is probably even a broader conversation than just Christianity, because I think we live in a time where it's easy to dismiss that there is a spiritual realm or that we are spiritual beings or we have souls. And there would be those who would argue that, nope, we're just matter and we're just atoms and 
neutrons and all the other scientific stuff that goes into making up life and there's no spiritual element to our existence at all and um, then you also see a lot of people in our world who really cling to this idea of I'm a spiritual being or Mm -hmm. I believe in spirituality Mm -hmm. as a general term and leave it kind of vague. I know a few weeks ago I was talking with someone who grew up in the church. Uh, There's actually three people. They all grew up in the church and had since moved into some sort of Buddhism, but it wasn't actually Buddhism. It was this idea of spirituality as I'm a spiritual being and I want to experience spiritual being, spirituality and I want to experience the divine and the Mm -hmm. sacred, but Mm -hmm. very loose terms around what that meant. And uh, yeah, I think you see that in a lot of people that spirituality is a thing, Mm -hmm. but not organized religion. And they've set a dichotomy up there. Yeah. I I know when I was working at Whole Foods, when people found out that I went to church and Mm. that I was a Christian, usually they said, oh, cool. I'm not really into organized religion, but I am spiritual. Yeah, And I got that over and over again. And I think what that's shown is that we we have some sort of yearning for the divine, Mm -hmm. but what we've done is we've made organized religion incompatible with spirituality. And and I think our culture has separated that in in a similar dichotomy. And I I begin to ask, well, can spirituality actually exist within Christianity? Yeah. 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 And I do think you see that hunger. There's a whole movement of people who are you know, talking about worshiping the universe or the energy of the, the universe. You see a mm-hmm. lot of that in Colorado or, you know, going out into nature and encountering mm-hmm. something beyond there. And um, It's interesting because it's all arguments uh, that Christians have made in the past that, you know, how can you look at creation in the way that it's unfolded and not see that there is something sacred or divine at the mm-hmm. heart of it? And yet there's been this separation between organized religion and and that intellectual argument for it and the experiential side. So I guess maybe a place for us to start would be, um, yeah, just what do you think Christian spirituality is? How would we define that? And yeah, what is the conversation we're having about all things spiritual? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I think that's a a great question because I think we are continually working that out. I don't Mm. think Christianity as a whole has ever fully defined or even uncovered what it means for us to have been given the Holy Spirit and to read the things that we do in scripture. If I'm honest, some of the times when I read things about angels or demons, it is weird. Yeah, It's really weird. Uh, And to ask, what does that mean for me in today's world where we have really awful things that are happening, but we mm-hmm. still hear about miracles that happen or people's spiritual experiences. And so as a Christian and, and having Christian spirituality, what does it look like to welcome the Holy Spirit and know that I've given my life to Christ and so he has given me um, the Holy Spirit and to know how do I function as a Christian not solely logically, but also yep. not solely in an emotional realm. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I think it's important to say that for the majority of, of Christian history, and even going back to the Hebrew text, this divide that we've kind of created between secular and sacred is just not a, a, a division that the authors of Scripture would mm-hmm. even really be able to comprehend or understand. And so a lot of that comes from the Enlightenment and this movement mm-hmm. towards secularism and, mm-hmm. and plurality and, and belief in intellectualism. But for the the authors of scripture and for Jesus, there's not really a dividing line between sacred and secular. All things uh, have some element of both. And Mm -hmm. so it's important to, I think, start the conversation there in many ways that that division we've created is actually not biblical. And I think a lot of that has come from a knee-jerk reaction where we see people either 
attribute absolutely everything to God or the devil, or on the other side, that doesn't affect my world. It has stopped, mm-hmm. and and I can say that the things in the Bible are true, but that is not true in my yeah, real existence yeah. right now. And so we have to figure out that middle ground of mm-hmm. it's not everything, but it's also not nothing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, you know, to that point, it's interesting how um, the intellectual side would make the argument that things are not spiritual because of their experience. So mm-hmm. it's actually not necessarily an intellectual argument. It's based on experiential learning, which is what they're pushing against uh, against the people who are mm-hmm. more on the experiential, mm-hmm. spiritual side of things. So it's just fascinating that there, there's a little bit of a false dichotomy there. I haven't seen the spiritual realm, so therefore it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it seems like we hear stories in other cultures far right. more frequently. And, yeah. and I think some of that is because we see other people of the world just more in tune with spirituality mm-hmm. in general. Yeah. Uh, we see animism mm-hmm. in other cultures far more frequently and, and things like witchcraft. And so right. the idea that there is a spiritual realm very much at play is much more a part of their culture and their reality yep. and their everyday practice. Whereas I think in the United States, we see that far less. Yeah, absolutely. And I know for me, I'm kind of my awakening, if you will, to, to some of these things was when I spent a summer uh, working on a... Um, a with the Native Americans in mm-hmm. South Dakota mm-hmm. um, on a reservation. And there's still a level of, of worship, of animism and sun worship. And uh, it was interesting to see just a heightened level of spirituality. I'd say that was the first um, place that I really saw anything that, to my mind, resembled like demon possession or mm-hmm. um, the different ways people worship. And it, the spiritual realm came into focus in a very, very different way than anything I'd experienced growing up in the Bible Belt. And so that is a question with this that we kind of wrestle through is why certain places and why not others? And I think that's a bigger question too that sometimes Christians have is, well, why haven't I experienced that? Mm -hmm. Am I a deficient believer? Why haven't I heard the voice of God? Mm -hmm. Or why haven't I? And it can sometimes leave people in a place of feeling like maybe I'm not a true believer. Maybe like Mm -hmm. Jesus doesn't speak to me or maybe Mm -hmm. God doesn't speak at all. And I think both you and I would agree that God still speaks today. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The spiritual Mm -hmm. realm is real. Um, And but if you haven't necessarily heard God's voice audibly, that mm-hmm. does not mean you're a deficient believer. Absolutely. And if you haven't had an out-of-body experience or right. spoken in tongues as certain traditions within Christianity mm-hmm. have said that is the marker of being a believer, that yep. that's simply not true. I think if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, then you are saved. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the desire that is there is is a very real one. Yeah. And I think we read the stories in the Bible and you can't help but desire right. to have that similar experience Absolutely. that someone had of the woman who touched Jesus' cloak right. and was completely healed. Yeah. We just we have these stories that we read and we believe yeah. are true the and wonder. The bush moment exactly. of like God showing up, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and we want those in our lives. Mm-hmm. And I think it's hard to, to match we're, what we see in the Bible when it doesn't feel like it matches our reality. Yeah, um, and we, we begin to ask that question of what does that say mm-hmm. about me when I think that that's not what God yeah. would have us ask yeah. in this time. And I, I also don't think that that has any bearing on the quality of our faith. Right, totally. Which I think that's that's maybe a, an important way to answer that question. In Christian spirituality, uh, it's never formulaic. Mm-hmm. So in mm-hmm. lots of more spiritual types of worship, there's often a formula you follow mm-hmm. um, to produce certain results. In Christianity, 
in the Bible do not present that picture. Mm-hmm. God shows up in very different ways at very different times mm-hmm. to very different people. Um, and there might be some patterns, but they're never something that are reproducible. Or Yeah. Um, yeah. And yet I also believe that God is still a God of order and yeah, not of chaos. Right. And so even though there there is not, a, if you do this and then this, this will happen, I believe that God remains the same. And so his character mm-hmm. isn't going to change between people's experiences. Yep. And it's not going to be brought out of a place of, oh my gosh, all of this feels so chaotic. And then suddenly God was there. I believe yeah. that God is always good, that he is consistent within himself and mm-hmm. his character uh, and our experience of him will match all of that. It will yeah. match what is in scripture. It will never go against that. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that's a really important piece to remember as we ask, why don't I have this experience of God? Mm-hmm. Well, does it agree with what scripture says? Does it agree right. with what we've seen throughout history yeah. uh, and who God says he is? So. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because that's, that's where this conversation really can get off the rails mm-hmm. is when people have said, God told me, or God mm-hmm. said to me, mm-hmm. or I feel called to... And then it can lead people to some really dangerous places. Mm -hmm. There have been all sorts of human atrocities that have been attributed to God saying something to a group of people. Um, And then so that's the the place where I think a lot of times people rebel against and say, Mm -hmm. it would be better if God just didn't speak because (laughs) that causes things like the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. And the truth is what what you just said is when God speaks and when we hear God's voice, we always have to to check that against Scripture and against other Mm -hmm. believers. And there's certain ways that um, we can account for what God has said to us so that we don't just go off the rails and do our own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the classic example, former youth pastor, but kids, boys, girls, God told me to break up with you. God told me I was supposed to date you. And so then you feel all this pressure to do what God said. Mm-hmm. It's a really manipulative yeah, <laughs> way yeah. of engaging with people. And it's hard to try to discern. You know, I have these wrestlings of feelings and yep. can they be divine or are they possibly demonic? Because I think on the other side of things, we see that mm. people will attribute well, I, Satan told me to do this, or mm. I'm feeling like I'm being forced to do this by a demon. Right. And, and which is also, it's scary to hear yeah, that. I know absolutely. this summer I had someone look me dead in the eyes and mm-hmm. just tell me I'm being oppressed right now. Right. And what do you do in that situation? Yeah. Is it real? Is it not? Is this something that's emotional that's going mm-hmm. on? Uh, and who is Satan? What what <laughs> yeah. What is his actual character? You know, uh-huh. it, yeah. So I think uh, as we as we look at who God is, we also have to ask ourselves, well, who is Satan? And yeah. I think some of the tenets of that is Satan is not creative. Mm-hmm. The only thing that the enemy can do is distort what's already been created or fracture right. something that's already there because only God is creator. Mm-hmm. And I think the things that, that the enemy does does not bring life, mm-hmm. but we also have to recognize that we live in a broken world right. and sin is all around us and it is affecting the things mm-hmm. around us. And so... While we might be experiencing the effects of evil, it may not be the evil one himself that is moving. Yeah, absolutely. Because, again, you know, in answering that question of what is Christian spirituality, there is belief in Scripture and and in the teachings of Jesus that there are two kingdoms, a Mm -hmm. kingdom of darkness and a kingdom Mm -hmm. of light, um, and that there is a a ruler over the kingdom of darkness. And it's got many different names in Scripture, the accuser, Satan, Satan. Uh, the devil, but the idea is that yeah, he is the in the kingdom of darkness and and is attempting to distort life, distort God's beauty, mm-hmm. deceive mm-hmm. people, 
And uh, then there's also the the kingdom of heaven and, and Jesus who are his followers who are pushing back against that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, uh, particularly in the American church, we just forget that that whole dynamic is at play. Um, mm-hmm. And then when we do remember it, I think too many times we personalize it. And to some of the examples you gave of, of the devil is oppressing me or Satan is attacking me. Mm-hmm. Well, Satan is not omnipotent. He's not all-knowing. He's not omnipresent. He cannot be in all places at once. And... Um, for any listeners listening, this may be offensive, but he probably doesn't care about most of us. Uh, scripture says, specifically, yeah, yeah, specifically, mm-hmm. right. Um, scripture says that that he's at work, the kingdom of darkness, and the principalities and powers of this world. Mm-hmm. And so that's something to remember too. There are um, people uh, or, or beings that um, angelic fallen angels and, and angels fallen Christ who are at work and at, at war in the world. But mm-hmm. um, we have to be careful attributing too much. Uh, credit to the devil in our own lives, I think. Uh, yeah. And I think a question I've gotten often is, well, it feels like it's controlling me or if I'm a Christian, yeah. can I can I be controlled by right. the enemy? And I think that's also attributing far too much power right. to who Satan yeah. is. I know in James 4, 7, it says, resist the devil and he will flee mm-hmm. uh, because we've submitted to yeah. who Christ is. And so God and the enemy are, are incompatible places, mm-hmm. but we serve a far more powerful and right. great God. Yeah. And so it is not as though we are going to be possessed or controlled by mm-hmm. the prince of this earth. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, because sometimes we, we do, we just, we see Satan under every rock, every nook mm-hmm. and cranny. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. and Satan is absolutely real. And I, I think we dismiss him too many times, but we have to be careful to, to know he's He's a toothless lion. He, he cannot um, attack or control us uh, if we're in Christ Jesus and have the spirit mm-hmm. over us. Who has conquered sin and yeah, death. Yeah, yep. And Satan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so other other things around characteristics of spiritual beings, things that you think might be important. I know a, a question that comes up a lot is spiritual warfare and just what is that? What does that term mean? What is some of your experience with that? How would you maybe even define that to start? Yeah, uh, as a Great question, and I'm sure that people who are listening probably have a million and one either examples Mm. or ideas of what spiritual warfare is. And I think it starts with the fact that we serve a real God, Mm -hmm. and um, there is an adversary that is at work, and we have chosen to give our allegiance to the King of Kings and the Lord Mm -hmm. of Lords, and there is an enemy, Satan, who whose work is against life yeah. whose work is against the work of God mm-hmm. and his redemption in his kingdom. And so spiritual warfare for humans is we are with God mm-hmm. and with his kingdom or or we are not. And I think um, it can take many different forms, but I also think that there are angels and demons and yeah. principalities that are also at work that we don't necessarily perceive with our eyes, but mm-hmm. we are told about in scripture. We see Jesus casting demons out. Yeah. Um, speaking to demons and mm. and we see that even in the Old Testament in the New Testament that they are also at work and we are told throughout scripture that there are far more things happening than right. what we know yeah. uh, and really it, it is in two realms of the kingdom of heaven and mm-hmm. the prince of this earth yeah so. you know I think that's a that's well said and you know to bring Jesus back into it you just mentioned the the ways that he would confront demons or uh, cast out demons engage with the spiritual realm. It's important to know that that spiritual warfare has that element to it too, but also Mm -hmm. 
Jesus pushed back against the kingdom of darkness by feeding the hungry mm-hmm. and by loving the unlovable. And so there's that's where that divide between the sacred and secular should begin to blur because mm-hmm. Jesus did acts that were very physical in nature, but yet had spiritual implications. And so we've got to reframe our thinking, I think, to, to recognize that, you know, offering a homeless person a, a piece of pizza and having a conversation with them, that is also an act of... Yeah. Um, spiritual warfare on behalf of of the kingdom of God. Because we are acting in in life and in redemption and Mm -hmm. in grace and mercy and all of the things that that God has given us. Because I know the Lord has given all of us spiritual gifts. And we hear probably more frequently about the spiritual gifts like Mm -hmm. tongues or prophecy, but we see hospitality and and leadership as being things that the Lord has given us as, as gifts. And Mm -hmm. I think that that is absolutely a part when we are obedient to who God is and, and his kingdom, that is an act of allegiance to God, which is directly an act against what this world may have. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think the other thing I think of is the the parable. Well, I guess it's not a parable, but the teaching of Jesus that says the, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And mm-hmm. sometimes we mm-hmm. have this idea of, as Christians of uh, of being attacked or being mm-hmm. oppressed mm-hmm. or the um, devil and his, his demons coming after us. But the image we have in scripture is actually of, of them being in a fortress in the world mm-hmm. and the kingdom of heaven is, is attacking this fortress and tearing down mm-hmm. this fortress. And mm-hmm. so that's an important distinction is that as believers and as followers of Jesus, we are actually on the offensive um, to redeem and restore and to bring things about to the way they were originally intended to be, um, pushing against the kingdom of darkness that uh, is a little bit more stationary than we might might like to think. At least that's the image that, that we have there from mm-hmm. Jesus, which mm-hmm. I think is important to remember. I, and I think it also is important to remember that Christ has conquered. Yeah, absolutely. In in his death and resurrection, he has conquered all things. And so he is victorious. Mm -hmm. I think we often have this view of a cosmic battle where you just have this bloody defeat and and people just continuing to go for for the Lord and Uh and continually being defeated. And that's not actually true of of our cosmic reality. Mm -hmm. It is that Christ is king and we are told that at his name, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. And that is the one that we serve. That is a part of spiritual warfare is understanding who Christ is and Mm -hmm. who God has created him to be, that we are victorious because of what he has done uh, through the cross. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's important because we, you're right. We can have when you when you get into some of these conversations, it can feel so many times that the kingdom of darkness is winning or that prevailing, and mm-hmm. and that's just mm-hmm. not the the picture we have uh, from scripture. It can be discouraging at times, and we can uh, see realities that are of our broken world. We're living in in one of those times right now with COVID mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. of the the death and devastation that's happening there. It can be hard to hold on to the hope and the light um, that mm-hmm. that Jesus brings, but. That is what it is to believe, is that we're in this time of, of now and not yet, that the kingdom of heaven is present, and it's a present reality pushing against the kingdom of darkness, and yet that won't come to completion until Christ returns. Mm-hmm. So. I know another conversation that comes up often with this, and we're kind of moving fast through for, through some of these different yeah. elements, and uh, and hopefully it's it's practical enough that people can kind of get a handhold of, of what we're talking about. But uh, one way to, to maybe do that is to talk about cessationism. And that's mm-hmm. a big conversation in the church, particularly where I grew up. Uh, there was a lot of dispensational theology, which is another big word, but that's <laughs> um, yep. basically the idea God works uh, through different means, through different parts of history, it would be how I would kind of summarize that. But cessationism is the belief that there were certain spiritual gifts, um, 
particularly the ones that are more cessational, like mm-hmm. healings, tongues, um, the one pr- prophecy that uh, ceased um, sometime at the end of the early church. Um, yeah, so tell me a little bit about what you know about cessationism, thoughts on that, where where we would maybe fall as a church uh, in Waterstone. Yeah, so I, I think cessationism is, is, I think there is logic to it. it. It very much looks at scripture and says, okay, really when the apostles in that early church era ended, these gifts were not necessarily needed in the same way. And so the function of the Holy Spirit is is far more as a guide in, in illuminating scripture mm-hmm. than it is in, in those cessational gifts. Yeah. Uh, and I think as Waterstone, we are not cessationists right. because it is hard when you look at scripture uh, to see that that would be final. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem as though Jesus would promise the Holy Spirit and and all of these things only to have that end, Right. let's say, a hundred years yep. after he ascended into heaven. And so I think we at Waterstone believe that the gifts are at play. Mm-hmm. And I, we don't always see them practiced right. within our church, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we disagree yeah. with what happens with gifts. I think probably most individuals, if they've ever been overseas in in a Christian Mm -hmm. church will say, no, I've seen a lot of these more overt gifts practiced. And and that's where we have to wrestle between experience and scripture and tradition and kind of figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard uh, some cessationists argue that that, um, spiritual gifts and stagnant might not be the right term, but that they're final. So if you mm-hmm. have a spiritual gift, you always have that spiritual gift. And um, and so if you have the spiritual gift of healing, then you should go set up camp in front of a hospital and heal everyone that walks in. But again, that's oversimplifying, I think, what how the Holy Spirit works and, mm-hmm. and assuming that there's some formula or that the gift is a particular gift. That might be a way to say it, where I would argue that um, there have been different points in my life that I've experienced certain gifts of mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit working mm-hmm. through me. Um, and they're not as rigid as, you know, I've been given these two gifts and that's the box that's that the it. Holy Spirit yeah. has put me in. Yeah. And I can't serve the body of Christ in any other way, but mm-hmm. those, you know, two things. So it's a broader conversation, I would I would maybe argue. Mm-hmm. And I think that within the ministry of of the kingdom, God knows what we need at the time that we need it. And so I think there is far more fluidity Mm -hmm. and and far more going on than we always know. And so sometimes we're given exactly what we need in that moment. And that may not be ours to keep per se. I think it's easy to look at spiritual gifts and think superheroes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that is not really how spiritual gifts work. You aren't like sir heals a lot yeah exactly i would love if my spiritual gift was like the hulk and my anger would turn into like a monster that could defeat people that'd be awesome that would that's not quite how that (laughs) works (laughs) yeah i think that's a a fair point the other thing that the passage that is often used to in defense of cessationism it, it makes sense um it's first corinthians 13 and it talks about how when things come into completeness, that tongues will pass away and prophecy will pass away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they would make the argument that that happened sometime after the early church and there was a, a sense of completeness there. So it, it really does come down to an interpretation of a few verses mm-hmm. in the New Testament of mm-hmm. where you fall on that. And again, as you said so well, there are a lot of different um, traditions that would interpret that differently. And there's mm-hmm. room in orthodoxy for all, and, and we don't have mm-hmm. to dismiss one yeah. um, out of turn, um, even if Waterstone would, would maybe 
believe that that they have not um, ceased. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you don't have to practice what we see as labeled spiritual gifts in scripture in order yeah, to be a Christian. Right. I think that exactly what it says it's a gift, mm-hmm. and and we have been given the gift of life and grace, and that's that a great is, way to say yeah. it. Yeah, so. it's when we start to have expectations around them, that's when we can can get into trouble. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. so. That's a great. Great way to put it. Um, yeah, anything that you would maybe say to kind of wrap up this conversation or things that maybe final thing that would be good for the listeners to hear around this conversation, all things spiritual? Yeah, I, I think just a, a few reminders that our, our God is a God of life, mm. that he is a God of structure and not of chaos. And I think anything within the spiritual realm is something that we are continuously learning. And yeah. I think we've we've understood parts of, of what spirituality is. And yet I believe that, again, as I said at the beginning, we are spiritual beings mm-hmm. and, and the Holy Spirit is in us mm-hmm. and gives gifts. Mm-hmm. And I think for, for any of you who are searching, God, I, I want to hear your voice or I, I would love to have an experience like that. I think the first place I would start is just scripture. Yeah. Yep. Understand more of who God is, yeah. of of what he desires for his kingdom mm-hmm. of what he has called us to do because our fight is is a fight against the principalities of this yeah. world uh, but it's also one that that we can enact through justice and through mercy mm-hmm. and i think even through the act of joy yeah is a absolutely. huge piece of that so yeah no i think that's that's well said um and i think you know al- along those lines to to reiterate that sometimes we set up this dichotomy between mm-hmm. uh, you know i call it the secular and the sacred um and that line of division really is not in scripture and so um, the more we can see uh, how we as people are holistic um, that we are physical and spiritual mm-hmm. i think is really important and you know um i've heard it it said before that we we do a lot to take care of our physical bodies mm-hmm. um, and we see the importance of that because we look in a mirror every day but there's also something to be said for taking care of our spiritual selves and our souls and um and that uh, we can do harm to our souls we can uh, foster flourishing for our souls mm-hmm. and so um that's a, a really important thing to to keep in mind too that that we're not just this physical body, but we have a soul that is important to God and that um, mm-hmm. that carries great weight and value. And uh, yeah, how do we take care of that and, and um, yeah, foster flourishing mm-hmm. for our souls? And I, I think this ties in with what you just said as well of we have to realize that, that the Holy Spirit is is a present reality. And so many times we forget, uh, you know, Francis Chan, I think wrote the book forgotten God. Mm -hmm. And it's this idea that it's the forgotten element of the Trinity, um, that we have scripture and we have Jesus and we have God, but, um, Holy Spirit kind of falls to the background. Um, but the Holy Spirit is a a present reality. And I think Mm -hmm. it's so fascinating in scripture that, uh, Jesus says it is better for him not to be present with us so that we can participate in redemption of the world through the power of the Holy Spirit. That is just mind blowing. I, I think the church is only begun, especially in America, to wrap its head around what yeah. that actually means. Mm-hmm. And, and even to figure out how do we how do we engage that? And yeah. I think that's where there's an ancient prayer mm. that is four words mm-hmm. that is so simple. And yet I think it, it puts us in a place of submissiveness and yeah. for looking for how God's kingdom is moving. And it is simply come, Holy Spirit, come. Yeah. I, yep. I think that can be an excellent way to start a journey of understanding 
the spirituality that we've been given as Christians Mm -hmm. in conjunction with scripture and the person of Christ and all of that. Yeah. No, I think, and that's maybe a a great way to wrap up this conversation about all things spiritual is come Holy Spirit, come. Amen. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Monday Morning Phone Call Podcast. We hope that this show will spark further conversation, and we'd love for you to share this episode with a friend. You can join us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook for the conversation and share your thoughts and opinions with us. This podcast was hosted by me, Paul Joslin, and today's show is edited and mixed by Phil Nelson, produced by Emily Kloss, and the graphic was designed by Lane Gerke. Special thanks to Madison for joining us once again and sharing her thoughts on all things spiritual. We'll be back with another episode in two weeks.